I'm Travis Frosinger, and I'm sitting here with my awesome wife, Dawn, and we want to welcome you to the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's so fun to be with you guys today. One thing that we really love to do is we like to look at our listeners and see where you are listening to this podcast from. And as of right now, we have people listening in over 58 countries. It's crazy. All over the world. Throughout the United States, but around the world. So we just want to recognize different countries. So today we just want to recognize the country of Japan. We have listeners in Japan and how cool is that you are listening to us in Japan. Yeah. Thank you so much for those of you guys that are there and listening. Before we go on any further, we just wanted to give you a few highlights of our last week. We just got back from our fixer upper house that we've been working on. Yeah. It's been awesome. I mean, it's been a productive week, hasn't it, Don? Extremely productive. We went down there on our day off, or two days off, and we started working, and this time we did demo. We demoed a lot. Like, <laughs> pulled and ripped and scraped and lots. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, pulled stuff out, <laughs> smashed stuff. I even brought a sledgehammer. Yep. We, we didn't get too crazy. No one got hurt. But man, does that bathroom yep. look different. I mean, we specifically demoed the entire bathroom. We did. And it looks so good, and yet it actually isn't even redone yet. Yep. You have to get it down to the bones. Uh, it gets worse looking before it gets better, but I like the way it looks even demoed. You know what's really cool is that we pulled down this paneling, this plastic paneling that was on the walls, and we weren't sure exactly what would be behind this paneling. Literally from floor, the whole ceiling was this paneling, and we pulled it down, and we found the most gorgeous wood walls. Again, oh, this is a 1930s cabin or cottage. Uh, cottage and the walls are wood like beautiful wood and that's what was behind the paneling i don't know why they ever covered it up yeah it's going to take us a little bit to pre- repair the some of the wood but we're going to be able to get it looking amazing oh, in just a few weeks it's going to be awesome don and what's kind of cool yeah we were covered in dirt and it was a mess when we were done demoing but it was kind of wild on the way down there i remember we had to pull over on the side of the road there was a tornado warning <laughs> there was. for those of you listening to other parts of the world where you might not have tornadoes that means there's this spinning you know some people call it the finger of god this wall of cloud that's spinning and it hits the ground and when there's a warning it means you could be in life or death yep. danger We pulled our car over on the side of the road and we watched some clouds that looked like they were about to turn into tornadoes. They didn't. But then later on, we find out there were actually like three funnel clouds and one of them looked like it touched down and maybe became a tornado. Crazy car ride down to our fixer upper. And that weather has kind of continued a little bit throughout this weekend. It was rainy and today there is tornado warnings all over the state. But tonight, now our grass is green again because we were so dry. Beautiful green grass, and it's been a nice evening. But very uh, productive when it comes to storms, but then also the demo. Yeah, it was so good. You know, Don, as we move on in this episode, I'm really excited about our content, but I just wanted to share a story with everybody that's listening. Uh, one thing that happened to me when I was a kid, we were actually living in a house my parents owned, and we decided to move. My dad had gotten a new job, and we moved to this new town. And because, yeah, we sold the house, we got a tiny bit of money, but we actually didn't have enough money to get into the housing that was there. Uh, all of it was rented. It was a really tough town to find a place and it was very expensive. My parents didn't know that before they got there. They didn't have Google and, and ways to research it uh, back then. But we showed up to this town and we moved and couldn't afford the housing. So my parents said, hey, let's live in a tent. 
And I've not really shared that with a lot of people, but we moved into this tent in a campground and we live there. Now, when I was there in that tent one night, I remember just missing my friends back from the house that we owned and the neighborhood that we lived in and the school that I went to. And I was just missing my friends. So one day I took out a piece of paper, I borrowed a pen from my mom, and I started writing a letter to my best friend. And as I was writing this letter, my eyes began to fill up with tears and it started to run down my face. And it really, I I had half written this letter and all the ink on the letter started to kind of run down the paper. And I was just sad. I was like, wait a second, I'm living in a tent. I don't have a home anymore. We are homeless, houseless, whatever you want to call it. I'm missing my friend and I'm writing this letter to tell him how much he means to me and how much I miss him. And that's when in that moment, suddenly I felt it was if the voice of God spoke to me and said, Travis, you're going to be a writer. You're going to be a writer. It was while I was writing that letter. It's really cool that God told you that because Travis, when you write me letters, you're amazingly descriptive. Like you are an incredible writer. So it's cool that God called you, you know, told you that at such a young age. But that's truly who you are. Like, you are an amazing writer. Well, thank you, Don. But it's interesting because I was just a kid. I mean, I'm like 10 years old and God gives me that. You know, I feel that in my heart. I feel it in my mind. I'm like, what does this mean? And I immediately started to love writing. Well, what do you do when God tells you to do something, but it doesn't exactly match your present situation? God gave me a task at that moment to become a writer. Here I was a kid living in a tent coming from a family where no one had ever gone to college. And I was only 10 or 11 years old at the time. Well, let me ask you guys, have you ever had a moment when you heard God give you a task or you felt him nudge you towards something really crazy in the middle of a time in your life when things weren't going so well? I know that definitely has happened to us multiple times, even just me personally, but in our marriage, that is happen multiple times. Yeah, where God gives us that task and it doesn't really fit the present circumstance. And that makes me think of a married couple by the name of Abraham and Sarah from the Bible. They actually, in a weird, strange sort of way, had a similar experience to me uh, when I was at 10 or 11 years old. You see, Abraham and Sarah had been given a task by God. Who were they? Well, they had a strong sense of right and wrong, but it's so cool because Abraham and Sarah, this married couple, they definitely weren't perfect. They had a strong belief in God and a strong relationship with God. And I've always loved that, Don, about Abraham and Sarah. They were living in a tent and they had left their home in search of a better land, kind of like me and my family. They were coming from the land of Ur. That's you are Ur. God wanted them to go live in the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land that he wanted to give all of his people. So God approached them one day and he told them that they were going to to have a baby because he didn't just want them to go live in this land, but he also wanted to give them kids and grandkids to populate this land. And we find the story in Genesis chapter 18, verse nine. And, and here's what had happened. The angels of God had come and began to talk to Abraham about this task that, that God was giving them. And it says in verse nine, where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. And again, these were angels sent by God. She's inside the tent. Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have 
a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my husband is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. Guys, I love this story. I love this statement. (laughs) I can't imagine that happening to us, actually, because they said Sarah was 90 years old when she found out she was pregnant. I mean, I don't know. I kind of don't blame her for laughing. Like, if I found out I was pregnant at my age, I would be like in shock. We would both laugh. I mean, I would be great, yeah. but I would be in shock. We would both laugh, yep. then we would cry, then yeah. we'd be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, how many times have we all laughed at the task, the yes. task that God has given us? But I love this statement. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. So she laughed silently to herself. We've all done that to ourselves, haven't we, Don? I think that's what you're talking about. The question pops in my mind, though, when I think of Abraham and Sarah, and it's this, that's not too difficult, right? I mean, you have a man and a wife, that happens all the time, and out pops a baby. They've been together, the baby's in there for 10 months, and bam, there's a child. But the problem was, was that Abraham was 99 years old. And like you said, his wife was 90. When Sarah heard the angels of God telling her that her husband, Abraham, you know, that they were going to get pregnant and have a baby, of course she immediately laughed. <laughs> she I mean, that made shock, sense. Yes. It didn't match her present circumstance. You see, the dream was to get pregnant and the task was to become parents. God didn't stop there with the task that he gave them. He said that not only would they give birth to a child to become father, father and mother, he told them that they would become, and this was really what he was trying to communicate to them, that they would become a father and mother to a great nation. He told them that they would have as many descendants as the sands on the seashore. So why did she laugh? Well, how can you be a parent when you're not even pregnant? Yeah. And I think what we're really onto is that dreams are an unbirthed task that must be delivered if that dream is going to become a reality. I love that story, Travis, because I think we can relate. First, this is cool because they're a married couple. I mean, Sarah and Abraham, they're a very famous married couple in the Bible. But then they got pregnant at 90 in 99. 99. (laughs) That's crazy. And I think we can relate because I think we would all be in shock and we would all laugh. But how many times in our life have we laughed at the task that God has given us? There's been times that God has specifically told you or me specifically something that we're supposed to do and we kind of laughed at it. And I know you listeners today, there's probably times when you have had God tell you something and it just seemed impossible or just laughable and you've laughed at that. Yeah, and I love what the angel said. He said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And man, does that put things in perspective, doesn't it, Don? Yeah, it definitely does. I know we're just going to go through. There's times, again, in our life, in our marriage, that God has given us tasks and we've probably laughed. And we're just going to be real with you guys. About 10 years ago, there was a task that God gave us. He called us to go back to a church in a rural town that was super little. It was a dying church. A dying church, very small, 24 people in that church. 
And you know what? People here in Minneapolis, they kind of made fun of us and said that we were going backwards in our careers and our jobs and in and our what, lives. What were we thinking? Right. That's kind of what they were saying. And it truly did not make financial sense. It wasn't, you know, if you think about it, a career move, it wasn't like we were going up the ladder. No, we're going from a, a town of 4 million people in the metro area to 7,000 yep. people in that little town. But the key is this. God called us. He told us to go. So we knew that we needed to go. And looking back now, the funny thing is that little church grew and lives were impacted by that task of moving to this small church in one of the poorest counties. But that is also how our kids ended up finding their future spouses. And that move really, truly changed the trajectory of our lives. It did. And it, it, was, it changed us yeah. as people and really changed us as a, a family. It God did. tightened our family. We're such a close family now, and we're all really focused on ministry. Not only did God have a plan for us, but we needed to go there. But the key is this. God wants to birth a dream in you. We want you guys to go back and listen to our previous episode, number 71, if you haven't listened to it yet, because it's all about having a dream from God. But the focus of today's podcast is that when God gives you a dream, he immediately gives you a task. And when he does, whatever you do, don't laugh at the task. So that's the title of this podcast. Don't laugh at the task. Yeah, why? Because is anything too hard for the Lord? No, no nothing, nothing is too hard for God. So what about your current circumstances? It doesn't matter where you are right now or what you're going through. If God gives you a dream, he will also give you a task and the ability to complete that task. Maybe your life looks a little laughable right now. I know, Travis, when I was 17 years old, that's when I really feel like God called me to be in the ministry. But my life was a wreck. Everything around me was a wreck. Why would he put me in that role? And I remember kind of laughing like, God, what are you thinking? I was in my 30s when God called me you know, who was, I was a very shy and kind of insecure woman. Yeah, you were one of the most shy people I had ever met up to that point, by the way. But God called me to preach. Like, I preached sermons and I spoke messages. And every single time, he's always giving me the words. He's always giving me the dreams. He's always giving me exactly what I'm supposed to share. Just eight years ago, God called us to start loving the fight and to encourage marriages. And a year and a half ago, he called us to start this podcast. It's funny, Travis, you were living in a tent when God called you to be a writer. And Abraham and Sarah didn't have a home either, and they were living in a tent when God told them they would be parents to a child and a nation. What did our circumstances have in common? Travis, what do you think? What did Sarah and Abraham and you and me, what were the circumstances that were in common? So this is what we all have in common. Sometimes when God gives us a task, your current reality is kind of laughable. It's nothing close to the future he is calling you to. Yeah, Don, I just want to interrupt really quick. Again, going back to you, that shy girl that I met when you were 14. Don, we've been married for a long time, but we dated for a long time. And I remember just even asking you where you wanted to go to eat. And it's almost as if you you couldn't speak up or you didn't have an right. opinion. To, it wasn't that long ago. What, like two years ago, you were asked to be the, the one main speaker at a weekend conference, like a two and a half day conference for a bunch of women who are all in ministry. And you were the speaker. You went up every session. I think there were like three or four sessions and you spoke them all. And wow, what a difference. But that's not who you were when you started off. That's not who you were when you were back 14 years old in your tent. It's crazy because if I look back 20 years ago, I would have never said yes to that. But it's funny how I literally, God has given me sermons 
I have a whole computer full of sermons that I've written and eventually he just opened up doors for me to speak. But God's always provided a way. It's so important to have faith as a married couple like Abraham and Sarah ultimately had and to believe that whatever task God gives you to do, he will also give you the ability to complete it. Again, like when I started speaking, I had already had sermons written. I had already had ideas and God had already spoken through me in certain ways. Just like when we've called, God called us to loving the fight. We had already wrote all of the Loving to Fight seminar stuff. Yeah. There was already there so, ahead of time. So, so cool. And to be able to take that material and go to conferences. Don, it's a big anthem of our lives is don't laugh at the task. And I can think of back when I was a kid, another dream that God gave me was that I would talk to people all over the world. And it came through the idea of owning what's called a ham radio. For those of you that have never heard of it, a ham radio is a radio that broadcasts on a frequency that literally connects with people all over the world so that they can exchange information or help in a time of of crisis like a tsunami or a hurricane or an earthquake. Now, it's interesting, Don, because the minute I heard about that as a kid, I was like, whoa, this is incredible. I want to talk to people all over the world. So why would God give a little kid a dream like that? Why would he fire up that passion inside of me? Well, in my case, it might have been because he knew that one day he would give me and you, Don, the task of this podcast of talking to people about marriage who would be listening from all over the world, just like even places like Japan. Like we said, 58 countries. There is no way we could have gotten to 58 countries But because of a podcast, we're able to be broadcast all over the world. It's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. And beyond our wildest dreams and all the credit goes to God and especially those of you that are listening out there. We just love it. We have a blast. We love marriage and we love life. Well, God gives us a dream and then he gives us a task. So why do we laugh at the task? Why is there a little bit yep. of Sarah in all of us? We you know, laugh at the task. In the Many tent times. of our lives, and when the circumstance doesn't match the dream, we laugh. Well, for some of us, it could be self-doubt. I know that I have doubted myself many, many times. I, I remember the first day I walked into a college to go to college for myself from a family where no one really had ever graduated with a four-year degree. And I was kind of laughing at the task or having self-doubt. There's also the the circumstances like you talked about, Don, that are bleak. When we have zero momentum or our reality isn't positive on any level. And man, is it tough in those circumstances. But it could be a lack of faith. Faith is vision to believe the impossible, to believe that what isn't will one day be, will one day exist. Or maybe it's impatience. We want it now and God wants to give it to us later. Or it could be our eyes are on ourselves. Don, I know I've done that a million times where I start to doubt God and it's because my eyes are focused on myself and not on our big God who, like like the angel said, is anything impossible for God? So maybe an obvious question would be, why do we wait to take that first step when God gives us a dream and gives us a task? Well, sometimes it's a lack of vision for what could be. God sees it. We can dream it, but we have a hard time seeing it in, as a reality in front of us. And I think we also forget the principle of climbing. It takes one step, one foot after another to climb a mountain, but we get to the mountaintop and it blows our minds. 
the most important part though, if you're going to climb a mountain is you have to first get out of your car in order to even be able to allow your feet to work at accomplishing the task before you. It's also easy to fall into the fear of failure. Sometimes the task that God calls us to requires us to do it in front of others. And let's be honest, that's scary. Why? Because failure is painful in many ways and can also hurt our pride and be so embarrassing in front of other people. We don't want to be disciplined. I know that can be a challenge for me. It takes intentionality and discipline to move yourself forward to accomplish any task. But the key, don't laugh at the task. Yeah, we are talking about not laughing at the task. God has called us to different things, but we're not supposed to laugh at what he's called us to. We just need to be confident knowing that he will equip us with whatever that, you know, that task is. Once we admit that we have scoffed or have laughed at the possibilities of what God can or will do through our lives, we can then move forward with the next step. And that is completing the task. So how do we complete a task, especially if we first laughed at it? What do we need to do next? Well, I think you need to write it down. Make sure you have a written record of what God has told you. Either write it in a journal or make sure that you write it, you know, somewhere and tell your spouse something. Make sure that you record it. Yeah, that's so good because it's just there's something powerful about seeing it with your eyes. Not only hearing your heart, hearing it in your mind, but being able to see it. I think once you write it down, then you just need to share it with a trusted friend or relative or your spouse, make sure you're sharing it. Then pray about it as a couple. Take that task that might be laughable to you and just pray about it and see what God really wants you to do with that. So after you write it down and you share it with a trusted friend or relative or spouse and pray about it, you need to take the first step, which is usually the hardest. Just get moving. Just do it. Do what God has called you to do. Put one foot in front of the other. And then, you know what? Lastly, you just need to give it time. Sarah got impatient and it caused a lot of trouble for her and Abraham. You have to give it time and don't get discouraged or rush God. Just give it time. Sometimes we may not get the results that we want right away, but just be patient and trust God. Yeah. So whatever you do, don't laugh at the task and especially don't give up. We believe in you guys and whatever it is that God has called you to do, he's going to bring it to completion in your life. Never underestimate the power of your influence, your God, and your ability to accomplish any task that God has called you to do to bring your dream that he has given you into a reality. Well, hey guys, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember you guys, you got this. You can do it. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.